President Robert Mugabe has died at the age of 95. <sighs> we are in mourning or in celebration, depending on who you are. Um, I am in the studio on my own. I am about to call Goli because we had to have an emergency meeting. Hello. Hi. Hi, Goli. You're through to Gallus Guys you? podcast. <laughs> Mama, I made it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, What's up? What a difficult. <laughs> so Koli, you know what? So we had to come out from our break. Koli uh, been on vacations and vacations and all types of vacations. Vacation. Yes. <laughs> Of vacations and all time. But you know what? Yeah, yeah. So you know what? We were like, now we gotta do this. We 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 have to. This is like break groundbreaking, guys. Mm -hmm. This is like it's it's phenomenal news. You know? Mm. I mean, I think I think like it's been interesting seeing like all the reactions on on like people are coming and they are saying, "Hey, we're hot looking. Yeah, the rain." I'm like, guys. So, so I mean, what stood out for you? Like, what sort of um, <coughs> comments think, and um, stuff did you see, or what are your thoughts? I think there was uh, so Will definitely Will Will says very much. She definitely said something that resonated with me. She was like, "You know what? Uh -huh. At the end of the day, this guy." He he's he he actually died, you know, surrounded by his family, mm -hmm. by people who loved him, regardless of whether he was um, a dictator or, or tormentor or whatever he was. I mean, that definitely resonated with me. And then I was like, you know what? And then someone else commented, "Is he gonna ask something similar?" Or you know what? At least when he was when he died or when he was dying, the process of dying, mm. he had people around him who cared about him. Mm -hmm. And it made me think, Uti, you know what? The reason why we are in the situations that we're in, in the diaspora or whatever, is because of him, right? Mm -hmm. And the number of times we have, you know, I'm just thinking back at our previous episodes when we looked at, like, when it, um, which one it was, when we talked about life. Mm -hmm. And we talked about, you know, the journeys that we've had to make with, um, for you know, for our mother's Ish. death, for our mother's funerals when our mother's died, for mm. my cousin. So these two funer two funerals that I've had to travel. You know, it's such a hard journey, mm -hmm. and yet he and I, he was there with his family. Mm -hmm. But we are here because of situations that he has evoked, mm -hmm. and we are apart from our, from the people that we love. So we can't, you know. Mm. So I, in a way, I feel sad. I I'm sad that he. I'm sad that he didn't. He hasn't actually answered for any of the atrocities that he committed. Mm -hmm. I'm sad because so many communities were destroyed because of him and his regime. Mm -hmm. I'm sad that Zimbabwe is in the state that it's in today because mm -hmm. of him. He started. He's the stem of all the problems that we're having. Mm -hmm. So I, I mean, I'm not. I'm not worried about what is going on. I think, you know, one down, one to go. You know? <laughs> I, yeah. guys, yeah. if that's what it takes, I mean, but what are, what are your thoughts? What has stood up for you? No, I, do you know what? I heard the news sort of like first thing in the morning and I've just been oh. almost numb, like no feeling. Like I wasn't totally elated. Is it mixed feelings or no not, feelings at all? No feeling. Do you know what? Like mm. it, 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 it kind of didn't feel like an event. It's something that we've been talking about for years, right? That oh, mm. um, um, when Gabe dies, oh, you know, and some mm. people joking that oh, this guy lives forever. Remember he, the joke that he made that oh, you yeah. know, um, every year he dies, but he's outlived Christ or whatever the the joke was. Yeah. Right? Yeah. and I think yeah. for so long as Zimbabweans, we had kind of our hopes on Mugabe dying and that being a way yeah. out of our situation, yeah. right? Yeah. But yeah. I think post 2017, post the coup, right, uh -huh. where we are economically and, you know, most indicators, 
were kind of worse or worse off or still yeah. the same. So yeah. it's almost kind of like Uti, you know, and I don't know, it's 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 a weird feeling because I, I think probably if I dig deeper, there's maybe anger there. In mm. the in, in the sense that he's died of a, at a full age at 95. Right? Like what you said, yeah. with people yeah. around him, people he loved. How many yeah. people in Zimbabwe right now can't say, you know, cannot say the same? Hospitals yeah. are dying of illnesses that should be cured and and yeah it's it's just yeah. such a weird it's almost like mm-hmm. there's gugraundi you know I, yeah yeah Th- yeah that's and if you think it, mm-hmm. yeah yeah and if you think again like you know of of all the people who are unable who have been unable to even travel home yep because of him like you know people left Zimbabwe for a reason yeah you know as a Suganga because we, we were we were thinking with the oh you know the, the there's, 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 mm. you know, we weren't thinking which is we're going, we didn't come here for fun. Mm-hmm. We left for a reason, right? Yeah. And he, he was the reason. Yeah. You know, and all these things, you're right. So, topics like Okugawundi, you know, things that are still not accounted, people who are not accounted for. And it's because of him. Yeah. And he's no longer here to answer that. I think that is bad. Do you know that what? is bad. <laughs> those are sort of my feelings. I think I started mm-hmm. off with, you know, wanting to be like measured or whatever, right? And, and, <laughs> and the thing is, the thing is, Anj, we know Uguti, it's the system of garbage. We, we we understand yeah. that. We you know, we understand that. But the truth is, good leaders breed good leaders. Uh. Right? That is it. That what is What's it. the leadership that, that we it. have now? Is it good? Uh-huh. I, I, no. I think there's it's it's wanting. There's a lot wanting. No. So so similarly, <laughs> bad leaders bred, breed bad leaders. Yeah. Right? So the thing is, Umkabe, I, again, I do understand people that want to draw out that, you know, yes, he was the education staff and he was, I can understand people maybe who are not Zimbabwean who see how he stood up to the West and admire uh, that, you know, you can uh, isolate that and you can understand it. Right. Uh, um, but personally for me as, you know, having, you know, Ndebele heritage, it's, it, I, I can't go past the 1980s and what happened yeah. with Gugraund. Right. Yeah. And, and, and the yeah. thing is, this whole staying in power for so long, it started with him. There's, yeah. there's no reason why in whenever, you know, 1990 or whatever, he could he could have said, okay, I've done two terms or whatever. I'm mm. stepping down. Mm. He never did. So what do we mm. have now? We have a culture of people that won't leave. Didn't Iti mm. now say 2030, I'll be here? <laughs> I was like, I was like, I was like, I was like, no, yeah. people, people must respect us, please. But yeah, yeah. nice. No, yeah. Anyway, it's, it's, it's definitely something that I don't think it's, for me, I think you're right in that, you know, it's not, uh, it's not a momentous event. You mm. know, it's just like, okay, so he's died. That's mm. fine. We move mm. on with our lives. Because of him, we are mm. in the situations that we're in. Yeah, and I think kudos to everybody who thinks that he, you know, he did so much. Yeah, well, you know, yes, he he educated and all this jazz. But mm. also, let's not forget about the nepotism. Let's not forget about the corruption. Mm-hmm. Let's not forget about Gugraundi. Let's not forget about the things, the atrocities that were committed. Yeah, because those remain unaccounted for. Yep. I think you have hit the nail right on the head. Okay. So what but I... I am continuing. 
Jeez, the Lord's work, my sister. <laughs> but you know what? Um, so guys, how we're going to do this episode because it's really impromptu and you know uh, I asked Golly Golly said, said whom's the man? I am the girl I have things to do <laughs> no 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 sorry guys no that's fine so I'm in the studio and uh, Golly is at home and yeah, she's legitimately got stuff to do because it was really really impromptu so what we're yeah. going to do is try and call, you know, just a few people just to kind of get their oh. thoughts and j- I'll just read out, you know, some of the comments and uh, we'll, I'm hoping that, you know, we'll continue the conversation online and online. Pro- yes. this will probably go on for for a while, right? Can you imagine yeah, the drama sure. that's going to come at the whole funeral? I- Okay, okay. Yeah. So Koli, I will um I will move on now and try calling someone else. Lovely. I'll, cool I'll text you and see if you're still up. If not, um All right. Cool. That, that is fine. Um and All right. thank you so much. Carry on. All right, thank Bye. you. Okay. Yeah, so that was Goli. And yeah, that is Mugabe. That is uh, President Mugabe who was in power for so long. Um, I am going to try calling somebody else to get their views. <clears throat> Hello. Hi, Natasha. Hi. Hello. Hi, hi, Alex. Uh, you're on your live on Girl in Sky's podcast. <laughs> Okay, that's cool. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yes. So big day today. The elephant has fallen. Robert Mugabe has died. Um. I was thinking, who better than to speak to, uh, to get your thoughts on, um, his passing, what that means, and you know what that means for Zimbabweans like you and I who are far away from home, um, and you know what the future holds. You have the floor. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, look, I, I think it's important to appreciate the fact that uh, Mr. Mugabe has been an important figure in the history of Zimbabwe. Mm-hmm. And um, when we talk about important people, it's not about whether they are good people or bad people. Mm-hmm. It's about the impact they have made on the country, Mm -hmm. Uh, perhaps not even the country, but also the continent and Mm -hmm. the world. Mm -hmm. I think the fact that uh, the Geta Mugabe has been a world-trending event uh, the whole of the day is in itself a testament uh, to the fact that he was a colossal figure Mm-hmm. in the history of uh, Zimbabwe, the history of the continent, and perhaps even you could say the history of the world. Um, I think that if you talk about Zimbabwe, the next question that you would often encounter from somebody who doesn't know about Zimbabwe is, is Mugabe. Mm-hmm. And um, in a way, the fact that he is now gone uh, suggests to us that... Um, there are going to have to be new questions about mm. Zimbabwe. Yeah. Um, and, and here I'm, I'm talking about it as a as an event uh, which is critical in in in, in a, 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 we'll call it a critical juncture mm. in the history of the country. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So so we we can talk about all the other bits, but I think the most important thing to recognise is that uh, he 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 definitely is a a critical character or has been a critical character in our in our country for for many reasons, uh, good and, and bad. Yeah. Um and so the fact that he's uh passed away far from the Zimbabwe he loved. I'm thinking of um, you know, the statement that he said, uh, Tony Blair, keep your England and I'll keep my Zimbabwe. Um do you have any thoughts on that? The the fact that he was getting treatment outside of Zimbabwe and yeah, and that his final yeah. breath was outside of Zim. Yeah. Well, of course it's uh, very ironic that uh, if you speak to people who revere Mugabe, uh, I think the most important thing that you will hear from them 
is that he was a Pan-Africanist, that he was mm. a person who loved Africa, that he was a person who stood up for Africa. Mm-hmm. And uh, I might also add that he always spoke about African solutions for African problems. Mm. Uh, but there's a, a big irony in the fact that whenever he wanted to seek health solutions for his own problems, mm. he had to go outside Africa. And I have to also add that it's not just him, yeah. it's also many other African leaders, uh, politicians who do the same thing whenever they have the health challenges, even though they talk about their love of Africa. Mm. They tend to go outside, and even those who talk about the love of their own countries, they go to more developed jurisdictions like South Africa, including yeah. our own current president. So there's a huge irony in that uh, Mr. Mugabe, for all that he has said in the past, uh, he has lost his life mm. in a very, very far away country in Singapore, far away from Africa. Yeah. Yeah. And what does that mean? What does this mean for our politics moving forward? Um, I'm thinking about, you know, opposition politics, uh, the current government that we have now that seems to be struggling to make improvements. Um, uh-huh. d- does this moment yeah. mean anything or it's it's just yeah. more of the same? Yeah, well, you know, I've um, had to feel that question a lot today mm. from many broadcasters and um, my, my own view is that uh, if Mr. Mugabe had died while he was in power mm. then I think that things would have been more fundamental I think we would be talking about what it means for Zimbabwe going forward because right now we would be talking about who is going to succeed him mm-hmm. how that is going to happen and myself as a lawyer would probably be discussing the succession clauses in the constitution and all that sort. Yeah. Uh, but unfortunately, Mr. Mugabe lost power two years ago in a coup. And so his death really doesn't have any fundamental impact on the constitutional and political uh, architecture of the country. Yeah, He has just uh, passed on as an ordinary person. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think perhaps to broaden the issue that you have raised, uh, what is it that we learn? I think, you know, if leaders are honest to themselves and to the people that they lead, I think they should learn that um, they need to be more honest. They can't be bigots. Mm -hmm. They can't be uh, talking about leading their own countries when they cannot even use facilities in their own countries. And I think that this Mm -hmm. is a huge indictment on the leaders. Uh, that they continue to do the same thing. We hear every day, today is Gabon. I think the leader of Gabon is in England, mm. where he's being treated. Right. We've seen that with Nigeria in the past. We've seen that with many other countries. And um, Zimbabwe is no exception to that. So, you know, you, you can be a leader of a country mm. and you don't use the facilities that are created by the government that you lead. Uh, it, it doesn't give a good picture. I think you've got to lead by example. Charity begins at home. You must be able to... uh, You have no incentive for developing your own facilities if you're going to look for facilities outside the continent or outside the country that you lead. It doesn't make sense. Okay. No, I I agree. Um, And lastly, um, I think everyone is looking forward to your Big Saturday read. Um, <laughs> is there any preview that you can give us? I mean, it depends when this podcast comes out. It may be after you've already dropped it, but um, anything that well, you can... No, no, it's okay. You know, when you called, I was actually in the process of looking for a very good picture to use for the Big Saturday read because right. uh, even though I normally post the Big Saturday read at 12 midnight UK time, yeah, I I finished the BS uh, today. You know, I've learned something over the past few years. But when I first came, just a little anecdote. When I first came to the UK, I could not even use a computer because <laughs> I was used to working with a secretary as a lawyer, and they always did everything for me. When I came here, I had to learn to use the computer. Uh, but I'm not so proud of myself because I can actually use my phone to write. So today, yeah. I had lots of interviews in London. I had yeah. to travel to London. Yeah, but I wrote my whole BS on my iPhone, uh, and, and I had to translate to 
to the computer just a moment ago. So yeah. I'm I'm looking for that. So yeah, here's, here's a preview. You know, I, I'm trying to do a balance uh, mm. to the whole thing. And um, I was talking to somebody earlier today and I said when I got the news about Mr. Mugabe, I found myself very conflicted because I didn't have any feeling about mm. what had happened, which is quite strange. Uh, and I thought that I was there was something wrong with me, but I then read lots of social media comments from people who also felt the same. Mm. So my dear sort of talks about Mr. Mugabe having reflections on his leadership, what are the issues, why are people, some people regarding him as a hero, why are some people talking about him as a villain, mm. what are the reasons behind it, and um, what are my views on those issues. So that's, that's what I'm discussing really. But it's very difficult for a man who lived for 95 years and led the country for 37 years mm. to, to write just a, an article that cover everything. So I've tried to take a global picture on the mm. men and um, I, I've got my views on the various issues, mm. but I suspect that I'll be writing a lot more on specific issues. For example, I'm a lawyer mm-hmm. and I'm very keen, I've always been keen to understand how Mr. Mugabe used the law in order to sustain his leadership. And I mm. think I'll be writing a lot more on specific issues about Mr. Mugabe beyond yeah. uh, the demand of writing about his legacy, uh, which is the subject of today's, today's uh, this week's theater. Yeah, no, and we look forward to that. I, I think this will unfold for quite a few weeks. It's a big challenge. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, but thank you so much for your time and yes, looking forward to reading the Big Saturday Read. Thank you, Alex. You're most welcome. Thank Very you. soon. It'll be up. Thank you. Okay, yes. thank you. Bye. Okay. Yes, so that was um, Alex Magaisa, who is, um, he's a lecturer. He was previous advisor to Morgan Tsongarai when he was prime minister. Um, and he helped write the Zimbabwean constitutions. That was Alex Magaisa. So I think from what we've heard, um, Mugabe's legacy, I think this will unfold for quite a few weeks. Um, I think we will so the whole repatriation from where he is um back to zimbabwe i think that will be interesting that will be one to watch and i think going back to the point that uh Golia and i talked about about you know a lot of people passing away perhaps far from home or their family being far from home and people having to make those journeys um so it's actually quite it'll be quite interesting to see how the state, um, you know, will, yeah, put all the stops out uh, for him. Um, it will be very, very interesting. Um, Brent. Oh, he's not even listening. Um, but yeah, let me see if I can try somebody else. Hello. Hello. Hi, Tavani. Uh, you are hey. on Galen Sky's podcast. Hello. Thank you so much. <laughs> Hello, hi. So I didn't know whether to say uh, TJ or Tavani. <laughs> What's the professional? Or is it advocate? Nah, advocate Mnyama. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> I, I think anything really works, but I usually just prefer Tavani. Okay, okay. So we're speaking yeah. to Tavani Nyama. Um, so if you're online, you probably know him uh, as Advocate Nyama, who's got very strong views. <laughs> yeah, strong individual views. Yes, yes. So big day, uh, African giant yeah. has fallen. Um, yes, indeed. I was very interested to speak to you um, just to really get your thoughts on this event um, and also I guess in addition what you think it means for Zimbabweans and just his legacy just anything the floor is yours okay wow <laughs> all right um well to be to be honest I, I think I like many Zimbabweans um, were conflicted at first when when uh, I, I heard the news because I honestly did not know how to feel 
given our history and you know where we have come from, the era under which uh, some of us grew in, and may- maybe what most of us had chosen uh, to remember Mugabe for. So you know, at first when I heard the news, I was I was shocked because uh, I was I wasn't expecting it. Um, but then after after just thinking about it for a while, um, you know, soberly thinking about it, um, I then realized that hey, uh, he is human. He made a lot of mistakes, uh, just like many other people are doing as well. But mm-hmm. uh, he is gone now, and uh, for me, I think maybe the African thing to do would be to mourn with those who mourn. Uh, it doesn't negate uh, what happened before. It doesn't then uh, mm-hmm. justify all the things that then happened before. But you know, just mourning with others who are mourning, I think that's just the humane thing to do, right. as opposed to maybe celebrating uh, someone else's passing on because we differed on so many things at all. So um, I, I think you know I, I chose rather now after mm-hmm. thinking about it I've chosen to to remember him for um, for, for 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 being a Pan African who had a vision for Africa for uh, his push on education um, and just being you know a, I don't know, I think uh, an important part of Zimbabwe's history whether. Uh, Positively or negatively, but you know, he, he's someone that we are always going to remember as an important part of Zimbabwe's history. Mm-hmm. So I think that's where I am right now. Okay, and then in terms of, um, so we know that so 2017 is yes. um, you know when he left office. Yes. What do you think that Zimbabwe would be in? better space than it is in now if he had remained in post? Um, honestly, I do not think so. Mm-hmm. Um, reason why is because th- there were already factional wars that had been brewing for a while um, in, in, in Zanopias and uh, these were bound to, you know, to erupt to such a point where one side had to lose because you couldn't have two heads within the same party. So either G40 was going to come out on top or the Lacoste faction was going to come out on top. So uh, if if he was still in power, I don't think it was going to be healthy for the nation with ZANU being in power whilst they are having their uh, factional wars. And, um, you know, I, I think it, it, it was better that one comes out victorious than mm-hmm. the other. Of course, maybe the way that, that it then happened is something that is the subject to debate, is something that uh, maybe some of us did not even agree on when it was happening. You know, we did not want to support it because we just rightfully pointed out pointed it out to be a ZANU-PF internal faction war. And it had nothing to do with the nation. It had nothing to do with us as, as, as Zimbabweans at, at large. It was just a ZANU-PF affair. Yeah. So um, I, I do not think that uh, we would have been benefiting from that being prolonged mm-hmm. uh, for, for any longer than, 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 you know, than 2017. Okay. And any thoughts about the fact that he uh, died outside of Zimbabwe and he was not being treated in Zimbabwe? I, I think that goes into making part of his legacy, to be honest, because mm-hmm. um, that, that then obviously should say a lot about what he left behind because this this was the only president that most people have known since they were born. Yeah. Uh, so for him to have passed on in another country, which he frequented uh, every time that he was sick, and seeing as even up to now we still have most of our you know politicians they they get sick and they leave the country to mm. go and be attended elsewhere. There are times here that they're being attended at home. So that already speaks into uh, his legacy and what he left behind. Uh, and it, it, it then like spills into what he got wrong and how we got to be in such a state where even they as uh, politicians cannot trust our health uh, facilities that mm. they have to fly out elsewhere to get treated. Even for some minor things, you know, that should be treated in, in, in Zimbabwe. They, they would rather fly to South Africa or something else to, to get treated. So, 
I think that just speaks to his legacy and what he what he left behind. Okay. No, that's fair. And just lastly, sort of like pivoting away a little bit, um, what do you yeah. think this means for us as Zimbabwe? You know, I'm thinking about the next few years before the next elections. Um, what's the future of ZANU-PF, opposition politics? Any thoughts on that? Wow. Um, <laughs> that's, that's, that's something that has been giving me, uh, you know, some sleepless nights, to be honest, because when, when you're looking at the trajectory that our politics has taken and where we are headed, um, I'm fearing for uh, the dominance of one party for a long time, and that one party being the NPF, mm-hmm. because of so many reasons. Uh, when, when you look at uh, the opposition, uh, like speaking of them collectively, you find out that they are going through so much themselves. There's so much that they are not doing right. Uh, you either have oppositions that are busy attacking each other as oppositions. Uh, you have oppositions maybe that are just criticizing everything and not giving any solution. Mm-hmm. You have some oppositions that are literally non-existent. So mm. when you're looking at that, you then wonder, uh, would they be ready if 2023, when 2023 actually arrives, do you, would I think that they're going to be ready to actually defeat the beast that is an OPF? I would say no. I don't think that any opposition is going to be ready to actually uh, deliver in 2023. Then you're looking at ZANU-PF itself. Uh, they made a lot of promises when they came into power. Uh, they promised to fight corruption. They promised to do this and that. And up to now, nothing tangible has actually happened so far. So uh, you're looking at the issue with corruption. You only have what I would like to think uh, a few scapegoats. Uh, mm-hmm. that are up on the line but you know the rest of the people that should actually be uh, arrested right now and being prosecuted on, uh, on corruption charges are still roaming around free uh, so that already speaks to uh, the new dispensation uh, ability to live up to its word um, you know and, and, and their promises then you're looking at the issue where we have been day in day out since they, they came into power in, in, in 2017. They have been talking about FDI and attracting foreign direct investment and everything. And I'm here thinking to myself, how do you attract uh, foreign direct investors investment to come into Zimbabwe if you have not fixed Zimbabwe first? Because mm-hmm. there's, there's no way that would happen when you look at the when you look at international investment, how it operates. There's no way that an international investor is going to come and pour in money into a country that is politically unstable, whose economy is dysfunctional, whose uh, property rights issues are like, you know, really, really terrible. Uh, because what that, that, what then that means is that if they're going to invest any money into that country, they stand a chance of just losing it all and, you know, not getting anything back and nothing being done about it as well. So no one wants to risk it uh, in, in doing so. And I think instead of focusing on saying we have attracted so much and so much in FDI, they should rather stay home, stop these uh, gallivanting and traveling all over the world mm. uh, for optics and stay home, fix things at home. If you fix things at home, fix the infrastructure, fix the systems, the institutions and all, foreign direct investment will find its way into the number. You won't have to go outside and beg for it to come into the country. So mm. the fact that we even have to have our president uh, and, and his officials going outside to beg, different yeah. beg for, for, uh, for FDI. That already shows us that a lot of things are wrong with, uh, with, with the country. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. No, thank you so much for your time. Um, and if people want to follow you, um, what's, what, what's your handle or, yeah on Twitter and all that well, stuff. <laughs> I, think, I, think, I think I should put a disclaimer for yeah. those who may want to follow me. <laughs> I, I, I tend to not be uh, pro one party. I'm, I'm just a person that's uh, uh, in support of policies. I'm, I'm, I'm more of... Uh, I, I, I literally just look at policies. Like, is this a good policy for Zimbabwe? If it is, then I support it. So it may come from the MDC, it may come from ZANU, it may come from a party that I don't even uh, There's a support. lot of explaining going uh, on here. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know how it is. 
<laughs> yeah, I know you and you I have gone back like, and forth a little bit, but you um, know, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, for those who may be interested in engaging, I mean, I'm, I, I love everybody. So you know, whoever may want to follow, even to disagree with me all the time, they are they are very much welcome. Uh, and is that advocate Nyama? That's mm-hmm. that's my handle, and the Nyama is M N Y A M A because people usually put a U or an I or something else there, but. Okay. Yes, I forget no. Nyama. Thank you. The future of Zimbabwe. <laughs> oh my! Oh, that's so much pressure on me right now. <laughs> no, thank you so much for your time. Thank all you, right, thank, thank you, thank you so you. much for having me. All right, thank you. Um, all right, all right, cool. Yeah, so that was uh, Tabani Nyama, and I'm just going to go and look at um. So on Twitter, on Galen Skies, on um, tw- yeah on uh, Getting Sky's handle, we asked the question, we were like, if you're away from Zim, like many of us, and begrudgingly find yourself as part of the diaspora, how how do you feel about the person who directly or indirectly drove you away from your from your home passing away? Um, and then Etienne Rai says, so many emotions really, bitterness, disbelief that he died without suffering, anger that he got to die in the dignity that our relatives were deprived of. The fact that his family can be at his burial is so unfair because we couldn't attend our relatives' funerals. Um, And then uh, at Ricky 4.0 says, he is the o- he's only one man in a whole system of oppression. His fellow oppressors are still at it unbothered. Um... And at um, Buzzcut Jelly Baby, uh, at Baby Baby Nya, (laughs) uh, she says, at first I didn't know how to feel, but so many people who have no personal experience being Zimbabwean under his regime are speaking for us. This man may have liberated us from one oppressor, but oppressed us himself. I'm angry we didn't get justice. When will we get justice? Um, And then she goes on to say, I am so frustrated with this. He was a hero mantra. Liberation is nothing if you become the oppressor as well. We are displaced because of his actions, his policies, and yet we should be happy. I am tired. Let's not sanitize this man's legacy because of his death. Um, I think I definitely share those sentiments. Um, I think there was one more comment that I did want to read um, from someone who basically was sort of saying that um, they they thought that this whole uh, okay yeah this this person who's at Brint online says this rhetoric is tiring really Mugabe was bad we get that we experienced that I experienced that even till this day. But leaving to go to the diaspora is a personal choice, independent of Robert Mugabe isn't. Um, yeah. <laughs> and then quite a few people seem to sort of disagree with that. So, yeah, I mean, social media has been interesting. I'm just going to try one more person. Um, wish me luck, guys, because wow, what a wow. Hello. Hello. Hi, Panache. You're on Galen's Guys podcast. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Hello. Hi. It took us a while to get here. So I'm speaking to Panache Chikumadzi, a renowned author <laughs> and um, all things great. Um, thank you so much for your time. I know you have other things to do um, shortly, but no, I thank just... Thank you for your time and the space. No, no, thank you. Um, so I, you know, big moment for Zimbabweans at home in a way. Uh, Robert Mugabe passed away um, Friday, 6th of September. And I just really wanted to get your thoughts on this event, what it mm-hmm. means for you, if anything, um, what your thoughts are on his legacy and sort of looking forward, you know, what do you think this means for this means for Zimbabwe and, you know, all its children that are scattered all around the world? Uh, 
Mm-hmm. Those are big questions. Um, <laughs> but I think, first of all, I'd like to say that I'm really glad um, to have a space to talk about this to fellow Zimbabwean, in particular fellow Black Zimbabwean women. Mm. Um, because I think a lot of the ways in which um, Mugabe is discussed, particularly him as a patriarchal nationalist or pan-Africanist figure, um, erases a lot of the kinds of experiences that you and I um, may or may not share. Mm. Um, and so for me, it's been quite interesting. Um, right now I'm in the U.S. and I think I will work up my messages about 2 a.m., Mm. And I think this time it was quite anticlimactic versus, you know, when it was that, you know, he suffered his first political death in November 2017. Um, I think there was a lot more response, whether it was, you know, I was in Johannesburg at the time, you know, people going out into the streets to celebrate um, and Mm. WhatsApp groups were just awash with all kinds of messages. Whereas this time, sure, you know, I found a few jokes here and there. Um, some things on social media, but I think most people didn't really feel, or this is not how we thought it would feel um, for most people. And I think it's because, you know, the last two years are not how we thought political events in Zimbabwe would would unfold. Yeah. Uh, And so I think the key thing for me is that this political death really showed us that uh, or disabuse us of the illusion that Mugabe going fundamentally changes anything in Zimbabwe's uh, political sphere yeah. and for that matter, the economic sphere. Um, so for me personally, I don't really feel much. Um, mm. You feel that life continues, uh, unfortunately, um, and any sort of despondency that you had about the current regime doesn't feel that it's affected by this either. Um, you know, life continues, um, and that's not in a good way. But, you know, now our task is to think about how do we dislodge him such that it's not um, another dictator replacing another. And I think that's, for me, the key thing is mm-hmm. to now begin to also pay attention to our political leaders, for example, and the ways in which they're choosing to celebrate him, but, of course, just generally... Mm-hmm how they articulate what we think of as freedom, because I think the politics of being against, mm-hmm. which is embodied by Mugabe's sort of, you know, part of his pan-Africanist credentials are around him being against the West, so him standing up to the West, which is also a very kind of um, patriarchal posturing. So as long as you can be reactive to whiteness and white colon- and coloniality, um, that is what we understand to be pan-Africanism, but we don't think about what pan-Africanism actually means for the people which you rule, for example. And if it is what it is that you do in so-called standing up to the West is not done on the heads of many other people, mm. um, and particularly your people. So in this moment, I'm, I'm thinking about the ways in which we don't look to replace Mandarbo with another face again. Yeah. Um, another strong man with it. And, and I think, you know, it's, it's, it's telling mm. to think about how, for example, um, Morgan Changirai only, um, the only succession plan after his death, for mm. example, that he left power through death as well. So there's something worrying about how our broader political culture happens. Yeah. Um, and it's been quite interesting for me to see how, for example, within the AMDC, um, there has been some equivocation or prevarication around Mugabe's legacy mm. and to see someone like um, Nelson Chamisa then saying things like, you know, we don't fundamentally, we had some disagreements, mm. um, but I agreed with Mugabe on issues such as homosexuality, mm. you know, and I think for a, a, a conservative patriarchal Zimbabwean society, mm. that's nothing to raise eyes about, yeah. uh, raise your eyebrows about, but it's a big concern. Again, what we learned with Mugabe is that when you tend to disregard uh, what is happening to the few because it's not affecting you, mm-hmm. your time will come eventually. So I think for a lot of Shona Zimbabweans, for example, you yeah. hear people saying that, oh, pre-1990 Mugabe or pre-90 yeah. Mugabe was good. Yeah. But if you speak to a lot of um, the people, they say, oh, really, is that the case? And so while people were speaking and preaching um, the praises, um, or singing the praises of, of Mugabe because of his socialist-leaning policies, there were people who were really feeling the brunt of his rule. Um, and had he paid attention to the time, um, 
you know, I think we would have been in a very different situation. And again, mm-hmm. it's important now to begin to really pay attention to what our political leaders are saying. And I do think it's worrying when you hear things like, you know, I agree with Mugabe on the issue of homosexuality. Mm-hmm. That says a lot of things about a patriarchal kind of nationalism that mm-hmm. we that has continued to marginalize women, whether mm-hmm. it is in the opposition or it is within the ruling party. Um, mm-hmm. And for me, what I think that in 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 looking at Mugabe's um, legacy, it's tended to fall into two dichotomies, um, yeah. and that's been on the one, the pro-West um, narrative mm-hmm. that you know is against land reform and speaks about it as if you know, for example, it's something that um, is senseless and comes out of a historical vacuum and mm-hmm. does not care about the genocide of Debeliti. So until yeah. it's politically expedient. So, for example, the Queen um, knights Mugabe um, in the early 90s, despite her knowledge mm-hmm. of the genocide, yet with a couple hundred white people are killed, um, or farmers were killed um, during the um, the land distribution, uh, redistribution program, that's when the international community suddenly cares about human rights abuses. On yeah. the other hand, we have the... the um, pseudo-pan-Africanist, uh, revolutionary uh, kind of rhetoric that hailed Mugabe as a leader or uh, a true icon because of the fact that he stood up against the West, never mind the fact that his um, pushing for land reform ultimately was um, as, as a result of political expediency yeah. after, um, it, you know, there was the, the referendum of 1999 mm-hmm. and increasingly unpopular uh, Zanapier. So all of those things are, are ignored and be- when we're stuck in between those two narratives, we forget about or we don't seem to be able to think about mm. how it is that we're going to carve the space for an alternative to Zanupier that mm. is pro-land, pro-indigenization, pro-women, pro-queer, mm. pro-poor, as well as anti-injustice, anti-imperialism, anti-Western hegemony, anti-patriarchy, all of those kinds of things. And I think it needs to be a mass-based movement. Mm. We can no longer continue to look at the politics of a single person um, or a single hero that's going yeah. to save us. Um, because this is why we get into the kind of mess that we have gotten into when we were fooled into thinking that if we just remove Raul Mugabe, mm. all of our problems are going to be solved. And I think we're going to end up in the same kind of cycle where we keep on recycling different um, or moving through different dictators yeah. Um, that cycle needs to be broken by a mass movement um, where the values are held and upheld by ordinary citizens um, yeah. as a, in a broad movement as opposed to looking for a single individual that's going to save us. Yeah, no, no, th- thank you for that. I mean, I think we're already seeing what I'd call the whitewashing or washing of Mugabe's mm-hmm, legacy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, mm-hmm. right before our eyes. And I know you've mm-hmm, spent, mm-hmm. you know, some time looking at history, Zimbabwean history, uh, mm-hmm. particularly ar- around, you know, um, Queen Loza Kay and the like. Mm-hmm. You know, how do you, th- what should we be doing now to guard against? I don't know if that's the right term, um, but mm-hmm. to actually make sure that the the full story and different perspectives are are told mm-hmm. for generations that we we don't repeat the same mistakes as you were referring to now. Mm-hmm. I think the key thing for me has been to really understand how history has been used to make claims about who does and does not belong to the nation and who can mm-hmm. make claims to power and who can make claims to leadership. Um, and particularly history around the liberation struggle um, and making claims about a particular generation, a particular ethnicity, so a liberation generation, a particular a Zadla or Zanu mm. um, liberation generation, um, and a particular Shona generation, um, and a particular patriarchal or male-centric vision of liberation. And so for me, my response has to be, have been to think about what does Chimurenga mean to um, my mother, my grandmother, um, and what will it mean to my daughters, my granddaughters? And what does it mean to me? Um, and in being able to take ownership of that liberation struggle mm-hmm. and understanding the various ways in which it's waged beyond the gun. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, the gun is central to to a particular mode of liberation struggle. But thinking beyond how it is that we can imagine ways of, of being and ways of being beyond simply um, what party politics dictates to us. It's also yeah. about how we relate to each other every single day. Um, and part of that project is really or has been to 
um, uh, be deliberate about documenting our histories, creating that archive. So, for example, I started speaking to former female war mm. veterans and hearing right. a lot of their stories. And it's been incredibly difficult to get some of those stories. And you can continue to hear some of the whitewashing or the ways in which mm. they use silence justifiably and understandably so to protect themselves. And in many other ways in which we're going to continue to do that. We see that with, let's say, um, fiction writers, for example, people like Novoyo Rosa mm. Chuma, for example, the kind of work that she's doing, in really being able to say that we have a claim to our nation and we have the right to speak to what it is that you know we believe is important for us and for our people so that it's not the preserve of a single generation, um, of a single gender and of a single um, ethnicity. So it's not just mm. the preserve of um, Zanla, Shona, men of a particular generation. Um, You know, so that's really important for us to begin to do. Um, And this comes to um, a critique that I've had of the opposition as well, that generally they have tended to cede Chimrango, the liberation legacy, to um, Mm. ZANU-PF. And I think that also has colored a lot of the ways in which their um, politics have been shaped um, and not rooted in a past past history and um, almost um, rather, well, in a sense, focused on the future to the exclusion of the past. And for me, it's important to understand that Zimbabwe ultimately is going to be won by an intergenerational struggle. That's what Chimurenga mm-hmm. is about. When we think about spirit possession, it's those in the in the present, communing with those in the past about the future to come. And I think with Mugabe passing, what we've seen mm-hmm. is that Zimbabwe's future is not going to be won by the old being, um, the old dying and the the new being born. Mm. We have to work together as generations to understand um, that, one, we can't take for granted that the passage of time necessarily means progress or one generation's struggle before us means that the the struggle has already been won. We constantly have to be vigilant Mm. amongst ourselves about what is happening and make sure that what it is that we're doing um, honors not just those who've come before us, but also honors those who are going to come in front of us. Yeah. Um, as well as also uh, uh, honoring all of those um, who, who are with us in this particular moment. So mm. that's for me what I be, what I think is important. If mm. we can get out of the notion of a single generation, whether yeah. it is for the for the the, the current um, leadership who think it's an older generation or our opposition that tends to think it's younger people who are going to do who are going to single handedly take our future. It needs to be all of us working together. And I think at the very least a start of us having those conversations with a lot of the elders in our midst. And because quite frankly they are leading us. They are dying and a lot of you know for me um my book, These Bones Will Rise Again, when mm-hmm. I'm going through a lot of this history, comes out of the fact that I didn't have certain conversations with yeah. my grandmother and it took her passing for me to then begin to start thinking differently about what this history means. And there's so many things I began to uncover when I began to, to look at her history. So, it, for example, um, learning about the fact that, you know, um, her um, or her family Actually, is part of the Bluio family, for example. Mm. They, they're part of the Bluio clan. You realize right. that, oh, okay, they actually have Mbuni roots. So yeah, yeah. Some of the Shona essentialism, for example, really begins to fall away. Um, and in fact, you then sort of um, begin to look at the history of the Bluios and people like Ndawa Nindi Sitole and their erasure in Zimbabwe's national history. Yeah. Um, something else that was quite interesting was finding out that my grandmother was a born in Kishin, for example. So the idea that women were in town. Yeah. Um, and doing interesting things and doing important things within the political movement. And in particular, the genesis of our nationalist movements was predominantly in the towns. And that's important when, for example, in this uh, particular mo- uh, this political moment, what you often find is that there's a division between the rural, authentic rural voter base yeah. versus the inauthentic sellout town base, when that yeah. actually is mm. completely contradicted by uh, nationalist movement or in Genesis that they started in towns. We know of the stories of Highfields, for example. Mm. We know the stories of um, Zulikaz and all of those places that were central to our nationalist movement. But these are the things that um, become available to us when we take the time to actually speak to each other yeah. um, and particularly speak to our others and speak to people mm. around us and hear the kind of histories. And that means that you have a different kind of claim um, and you're very much empowered to speak to um, Zimbabwe's history as well as Zimbabwe's future and its and and its, and its presence. Mm. So that's why it's important for us to begin to do 
that work of excavating the archives for ourselves as well as for future generations so that we can fundamentally reimagine what it is to be Zimbabwean mm. um, in the present moment and in the future moment as well. Yeah. Yeah. No, thank you. Thank you so much. Um, I know you need to head out, but thank you so much for your perspective and for your time. Really, really appreciated. Thank you so much. That's all right. Thank you. So that is, yes. So that is, um, Panache Chukumazi, who is the author of the book, These Bones Will Rise Again. Um, and I think the point that she made about being vigilant um, and guarding against another Mugabe and another strong man is really powerful. And I've always thought about the concept of citizen leadership. Um, I think we almost need to get to a point where as citizens, we have our own contract as it were where we're saying these are the, this is what we need from leadership um and we're vigilant in ensuring that the constitution is strengthened um that we don't see any more um of these you know long posts in in power um and that slowly you know through various actions um that that we there's true democratization um of the country and i think as i said before at the top um i said bad leaders breed bad leaders um i think his legacy is directly intertwined with the leadership that we currently have right now in 2019. Um, you know, people's pensions have been wiped out. I think about my grandfather, who was a teacher, was a district education officer. Um, I don't even know what happened to his pension. So 40, 50 plus years work, you know, that was wiped out. That is part of Mugabe's legacy. Um, you know, currently where we are right now, there is no tangible progress. Um, and again, we've talked about this on this podcast many times that although some of us are far away from home, we feel it because, you know, our black tax remains the same. Um, our commitments to home remain the same. Um, our, you know, our bank <laughs> uh, balances still feel that pinch. So we definitely aren't feeling any, um, you know, improvements. Um, and, you know, following from that, I guess this is not a this is probably not popular amongst my circle, but I still do pass my condolences to his family and to those who knew him, um, you know, personally, you know, I, I think, um, we, we can go back and forth on that, but yeah, Robert Mugabe, um, and as I say, this was really just an impromptu episode that we put together, um, you know, because this is such a, big moment um for us you know we've talked about the impact of Zimbabwe on us being here us being part of the diaspora and it just felt like the right thing to do to come here and have a space to talk about it um I didn't get a chance to speak to everyone that I would have liked to speak to but I, I suspect that this conversation will keep going and I'm really keen on um you know continue this conversation online and perhaps we can do another episode uh where you know we have more time to kind of get more people involved um so if you're listening to this please um you know be part of the conversation you know what are your thoughts on Mugabe passing away how do you feel about it um what is your memory of Mugabe if you could hashtag Gellens guys uh, let us know what you think let us know if you would like to be part of a I don't know we may do like an Instagram live thing and really make it interactive um so that people can kind of do like um videos and and we we I, th I feel like we need to talk guys I you know I I feel like this we we need more uh conversation but 
yeah, thank you, everyone. I w- will leave you with this. And um, I am Natasha. Um, sometimes I go by Nat. Um, and uh, you can find me on social media at Malaika Diva. My co-host, uh, Goli, who is on the line um, at the top of the call, sometimes goes by Michelle. Um, you can also find her on social media at Goli. NC. Um, and we are at Gellin Skies on Twitter, Gellin Skies on Instagram, Gellin Skies Podcast on Facebook. We are Gel in Skies on YouTube. Um, because when we launch our season two, we'll be moving to um doing some video content, not for all the episodes, but we'll talk about that for season two. But that's it from me, Asante Sana, folks. I will leave you with this. Reminding ourselves of our wartime mantra. I thank you and good night. Sorry. One or two places. I hope we can correct that. It's a long speech. Katenda. Asante sana. Siabong.